Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Genesis chapter 12, Genesis chapter 12, amen, it's such an, it is such an honor, I want you to know we don't take for granted being able to come and stand behind this sacred desk, amen, we'll be praying for you during your general conference, we're believing God's going to pour out his spirit in a powerful way. Amen. You'll be blessed by the ministry of Brother David K. Bernard. He was with us in Fiji, so we got him warmed up. And so now he'll be, he'll be flying at optimum speed when he hits, the, hits Australia. And so we're grateful for him and uh, our general superintendent of the United Pentecostal Church in North America. Amen. Genesis chapter 12. Amen. Verse number 7. I'm going to read verses 7 through 10. It says, And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the, unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto the mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called the name, called upon the name of the Lord. Boy, there's power in the name hallelujah and abraham sojourned going on still toward the south verse 10 is where i really want to take my text from and it says and there came and there was a famine in the land and abraham went down into egypt to sojourn there for the famine was grievous in the land there was a famine in the land I want to preach a little while this morning on this subject. Famines make you do crazy things. <laughs> Famines make you do crazy things. May you just pray with me that the Lord would speak in this place today. Lord Jesus, Lord, we can't do it without you. Lord, without you, we are nothing. So, Lord, we come humbly before your throne today, asking you to have your way. Lord, anoint these lips of clay, anoint this fleshly body to fulfill your will and your purpose. Lord, I pray that you would open up the hearts and minds of those under the sound of my voice to receive what thus saith the Lord. And Lord God, I thank you for what you've done in the 915 service. Lord, I thank you for what you've already done in this service. But Lord God, I'm so grateful right now in advance for what you're going to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone shout amen. Amen. Turn to your neighbor as you're seated and tell them famines make you do crazy things. You know, I, I, I figured I would preach this one right before everyone had lunch. So it's funny, you know, if I preach too long, you're going to start getting hangry. You know... It's not a righteous anger, it's hangry, it's, it's, it's a hunger angry. 
It's amazing what, when you get hungry, what you'll do. You know, my wife, she, she will, uh, she's not here, so I can tell all kinds of stories on her. I typically don't lot, tell a lot of stories, but seeing she's not here, I'll tell more stories. And, uh, but it's amazing, she'll, she'll ask me to take the garbage out, Brother Harvey, and man, I'll do it, but man, it's like, you know, lifting up that bag like it's, you know, full of rocks or something and taking it out. You know, pick up, pick up your clothes. Oh, but the floor is so far down. You know, I'm laying down. Go check on the kids. Oh, I just sat down. I'm just laying down. It's so funny. Everything kind of, it's so accentuated and so difficult all of a sudden, but yet I can wake up at one in the morning and crave a McDonald's hamburger, get dressed, go to the ATM, or now not anymore, but, you know, go get some cash. Now we can use debit cards, so I don't have to do that part anymore. Thank you, Lord. You know, go through the drive-thru, eat it, and then it's kind of like, wow, that really wasn't worth the trip, but it sure felt like that. Isn't it funny how when, you, when you're hungry, you'll do things that, man, you, you didn't normally do. It, it's kind of, yeah, you're willing to go, you don't believe me? Just go on a three-day fast and see what you're willing to do on that last day uh, before you. I remember one time I, I, I had a, a young, uh, young girl in my church who always made me cheesecakes, and that was the big thing. And Whenever I went on an extended fast, my last day of the fast, she would bring me a cheesecake. Oh, I tell you what, that made it so worthwhile when I came to the end. Having that chocolate turtle cheesecake, my Lord, have mercy. And not stand and dismiss in prayer right now. No, I'm just teasing. <laughs> but it's interesting when I, when I, when it, it's kind of you see the flesh at work in this, in this story. Because Abraham, I preached in the same vein this morning. But Abraham was the Old Testament Paul. Abraham is called the father of the faithful. He is the man. He's the big cheese. He's the father of the faithful. He's the, he, he is, uh, you know, it's kind of everything is built on his faith. Amen. When he stepped out initially. And so this, the father of the faithful, this this great man of God that was sensitive, this, this man that was willing to sacrifice Isaac on the top of the mountain. We see him and we, we're like, man, if I could just be like Abraham, then man, I'd have no problems in my life. If I could just be like Abe, old Uncle Abe, everything would be good. There would be nothing that could stop me. I wouldn't be discouraged. I wouldn't have a hard time. But yet we see Abraham. He had it together. He, he followed after the Lord. He he builded altars unto the Lord, and he called upon the name of the Lord. I mean, he was spiritual. He prayed, and he called on the name of the Lord, and he, 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 he walked after the Lord. And yet it says in verse 9, he, he journeyed, he was walking for the Lord, and he went towards the south. But then in verse 10, it says something very interesting. And there was a famine in the land. 
And this man who followed everything God wanted him to do and went and, and the most insane things, he, the crazy things that we see Abraham do as he left his, 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 uh, the land of Ur, the Chaldees, and he walked away from all of that and he journeyed out into the wilderness looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. That's crazy. I already mentioned about the fact that God said to give him Isaac and he was willing to do that, which to me is crazy. I'm, but yet when we see a famine comes into the land, this man of God, this father of the faithful, it says that he went down to Egypt and sojourned there. I can find nowhere in scripture where God told him to go to Egypt. He didn't pray about it. God didn't give him permission to go. You know what gave him permission to go to Egypt? His belly. Because Abraham was wealthy. Abraham had everything. And so, I don't know, this could, could be the first time in his life that he was ever truly hungry. It was, it was a time when he began to face obstacles and face situations and face a trial and face stuff and that he had lived in the lap of luxury for so long. But famine made him do uncharacteristic uh, uh, things that were uncharacteristic of his walk. And he went down to Egypt and he lived there. He went from being an altar builder to an altar abandoner. He ran away. He left the land of promise because his flesh was tested. It's so easy sometimes to step aside and take the easy way because, you know, I, I, I get these ads because you see, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, like, I like that scripture where it says the fat is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That, that's one of my favorite scriptures. My dad used to say, I have a well-rounded ministry. You know, the, the, the reality was he, he, he was in that, that mode where he had never really been tested before. He had been blessed. He had been blessed. He had been blessed. And he was in the land of promise. And the Lord said, wherever your footsteps, wherever you go, I'm going to give you that land. But it was in the land of promise. The problem was when he went to Egypt, he stopped possessing land. Because it was only where he stepped in the land of promise that he began to take territory for the children of Israel. It became the, the inheritance. It became the blessing. But when he went to Egypt, he couldn't, he, his steps didn't matter anymore then. His steps didn't, weren't kingdom oriented and kingdom centered. And so he went to Egypt to, ex, to escape the un. The, the, the inconvenient, uncomfortable uh, environment of a famine. And we look at him and say, Abraham, what are you doing? You're the father of the faithful. You're the man. You're the one that we walk after. We emulate. We try to, we try to live our life like you with faith and with trust in God. And here we find him escaping out of the land of promise to the land of Egypt. You say, well, was it that big a deal? Yes. He lied about his wife. My goodness, he, this father of the faithful now is lying. He, 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 God, had to, God couldn't even speak to Abraham. He had to speak to the back, a, a heathen king to get Abraham's attention to tell him to get back home. 
Isn't that funny? But you know why? Because famines make you do crazy things. Who'd have thought that Moses, that, that Abraham, this great man, would, would go and leave and, and bring, and it was amazing because, because, of, because of his presence and because of Sarah's presence in the house of that heathen king, there was a curse upon those that were around them. Amen. I begin to think, Lord, if I leave the land of promise and I let the famine try to bring me to a place where I stepped out of the blessings of God, I don't want to bring curses to those around me. Now I know, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with it. Amen, but I'm here to tell you that we all go through famines. Amen, famines come and famines go. Amen, history is full of them. They, that's the beauty, that's kind of the, the, the hope of it. They have a beginning, but they also have an ending. Amen. God works in the midst of it all. Amen. What God, what, what Abraham was happening here is he began to, I, I believe kind of his flesh began to say, I don't want to be uncomfortable in the land of promise. I'd rather be comfortable and be outside of the promises of God. I'm here to tell you, God will take care of you in the land of promise. Amen. If you'll stay in the land, amen. I know that famines come and I know that famines will make you do crazy things. Amen. But I have determined that I'm not going to put my crazy into the world. I'm going to put my crazy into the things of God. Amen, because if God put me in this journey and if God has allowed a famine to come into my life, then God is going to make a way of escape because God said he won't put us into anything, a burden that we cannot bear. But in the time of trouble, he'll make a way of escape. Amen. Ah, we need to get to that place where we don't try to get out. We just keep walking and say, God, I don't know where you're going to show up. I don't know how you're going to make it happen. But God, you're going to do exactly what you said. I'm here to tell somebody, amen, walk with God. Trust in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah. I want you to know, I got got to hurry because I want to get to the good stuff. But let let, let me just read again in in Genesis 13. After God tells him to get back, get out of there. Quit being a cursing and be a blessing. It's amazing because for the Harvey, the, the scripture, the promise was, through you all the nations of the earth will be blessed. But yet we see him in Egypt bringing curses upon the house of Pharaoh. Why? Because he's in the wrong land. Hey man, if you stay in God's plan and God's purpose and God's territory, God said, not only will I bless you, I'll bless everybody around you. Hey man, in this in, in the world that we're living in right now, it's not time to get frustrated and discouraged and quit and walk away. This is the time when you need to stand fast because there's a whole nation that's that, that's dependent on your blessings. 
Oh, you don't believe me? I believe that the POS is one of the biggest blessing centers for the whole city of Sydney and one of the fountains of all of, of Australia because when God's people stay in the promises of God, God says, I'll bless you, but I'm going to bless everyone else. Hallelujah. But it's amazing, he, he left and went and left and went back. It says in verse 1 of Genesis 13, Abraham went up out of Egypt, and he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him unto the south. And I like this, verse number 2. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and in gold. And he went on journeyings from the south, even unto Bethel, unto the place where he had been at the beginning between Bethel and Ai. Now there's a little little principle in here that I missed. Notice it said he was rich. He had lots of gold and there's cattle and silver and gold. But you know what? You can have everything and still not be blessed. Because blessings is not predicated on what you have. Blessing is predicated on where you are. Blessing is a geographical position, amen, not a material possession. Oh, amen, because some of us got the wrong mentality here. We think the more stuff we've got, the more blessed we are. Amen, I want you to know I've seen some of the poorest people in the world be the most blessed of God, the most used of God. Amen, ah, my Lord, have mercy. Amen. I remember. I remember. Uh, and, and and I don't. And I don't know him personally. So I'm speaking just of reputation and and, and respect. But I, there was the, the old prophet brother T W Barnes, Amen. That was that you might know him. He was part of the United. He's passed on now, Amen. But he didn't have a mega church, Amen. He he, he had a he had a rocking chair that he prayed and sought God, Amen. I remember that I was told the story one time, Amen. That he there was a bunch of young men and they were preaching all over the world and doing all that stuff, and he started laughing. And they asked him why he was laughing. If my if I have the story correct. And he said, you boys go all over the world to preach to people. And he said, I sit here in the chair and pray, and God brings the people to me. I just say that to say, don't get your mindset in that if I just because I have stuff means I'm blessed. That don't mean nothing. Amen. Blessing is a place where you walk with God and relationship with God so that you can trust in God. Amen. So when the famines of life come and go, I don't quit. I don't step out of it. I know as long as I'm in the land of promise, I will be blessed. Amen, I'll tell you, I gotta, I'll throw this in for free. Amen, the only time that I have seen, I, that I can kind of pull up that David, David uh, suffered a great defeat was at Ziglag. Do you know where Ziglag is? It's in the land of the Philistines. As long as he was in the land of promise, even the king of the country couldn't get him there. Because he was in the land of blessing. That's a land where God's going to take care of stuff. That's a land where God's going to watch out for you. Hey Amen. You may not be, you may be anointed, but you've got no throne, but you're still blessed. 
Amen. David didn't have a throne to sit on, but he was anointed. And as long as he stayed in that, in those parameters, God said, I'll bless you and I'll keep you and I'll walk with you. The second he started out into Philistines and started fighting with the enemy, there was a great, the, the, another army came and took all the, his family, burned his house down to the point where the men were trying to kill him. You know why? He was outside the parameters of blessing. He prayed, he sought God, he got the ephod, he encouraged himself in the Lord. God said, shall I, he said, shall I pursue? God said, you can and you will recover all. And he moved back into Israel because that's where the blessing of God resided. Amen, someone needs to hear me right now. Amen, when you get up and look at your bank account in the morning, that doesn't determine how blessed you are. Amen, I would bear to say, when you get on your knees in the morning and you find a place of prayer and you step in the presence of God, that's blessing. Hallelujah. Woo. I have determined that I'm not going, famines will make you do crazy things. I've determined I'm going to do my crazy in the house of God. One of the best worshipers I ever seen was a lady racked with cancer. When the first song sung, she started to dance. She would worship like this. Amen. And she began to praise God. She had cancer in her body, but she didn't say, I'm mad at God. I'm stepping out on God. She said, if I'm going to be crazy, I'm going to be crazy in the house of God. I had people tell her, hey, you need to calm down. You've got cancer. You, you, you can't act like that. She told me that's why I'm acting like that. Amen. I'm blessed of God. I can't determine what the cancer can do. I'm only going to determine what I can do. I'm going to be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why. That's why when you see people here at POS... And you know some of them fell. Some of you probably even saw them mess up this week. But you still see them in the altar worshiping on Sunday. You know why? Because they found out that's not blessing. I'm going to get back to the place that I can be blessed. I'm going to get back in there. See, see, Abraham, he made the mistake. He went and got his flesh satisfied in Egypt. And God said, Boo, you got your flesh satisfied, but you don't got blessings on your life. I want to be blessed. Hallelujah. And so the famine, the famine came. And you know what? God had a way of making it right. God had a way of putting everything in perspective. That's why in Genesis 26, verse 1, it says, And there was a famine in the land beside the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. See, another famine came along. And it says, and the Lord unappeared. The Lord said, now I got I to gotta be specific with him now. And the Lord appeared unto, oh, let me just say, this isn't Abraham. Got ahead of myself there. This is Isaac. Isaac, the son of Abraham. Now there came another famine. And see, every generation is going to have a famine. Listen, I talked about my great-grandpa. 
Hey man, when I heard the stories of the things they went through when they started, guess what? We had the 50th year jubilee in Fiji this year. 50 years, 1972, the first person was baptized in Jesus' name, filled in the Holy Ghost. And we, and we celebrated the 50th year. And uh, it, was, it was a great blessing because I sat and I listened to some of those elders talk about the things they went through and about how they built a church and they burn it down and chase them out of the village. And, and they, I know one pastor built three churches and they burnt all three of them down until finally the fourth one is there and it's still there today. Places where families were the junk they went through and the trials and tribulations that they went through. And you say, well, you know what? Some, some don't have much there still. And I'm like, you know what? It's not about what you got. It's about where you are. I'm blessed. And so every generation has a, has a famine. Every generation is going to go through a situation. And, and when I read in Genesis 26, and i got to hurry. Genesis 26, it says there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. This was a different one because that famine came, was started, went through its process, and came to an end. And it says, the Lord appeared unto him and said, go not down into Egypt. Dwell in the land which I will tell thee of. He said, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and I will bless thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed will I give all these countries and I will perform the oath which I swear unto Abraham thy father. He said, just to let you know, he said, I, Abraham forgot about this oath, but I want to remind you that it's still in effect. He said, and I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And I will give unto thy seed all the countries and, thy, and in, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. And he said, because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. He said, I stayed in. He might have journeyed out for a minute, but he got back in. Because he said, I want to be blessed. He said, and because I'm, because I'm blessed, my, my son's going to be blessed. And he said, and so God said, you're coming in into your famine, Isaac. He said, don't go to Egypt. Don't go outside. As long as you stay in the promises of God, I will bless you. I will keep you. I will multiply you. Amen. I will give to you a great blessing. Amen. And so Isaac stayed. In Genesis 26, verse 12, it says, then Isaac sowed in the land. Oh, I love this. See, that's crazy. You don't plant in, har in, in, in famine time. You save the seed till you start getting some land that's worth planting in. I mean, if you're in the middle of the desert, you don't go plant some cassava, do you guys? I don't think your dalo and cassava is going to grow very well. My goodness, I had a feast of everything here the other night. Oh, that's, it's not going to grow because you save it. For when the rain comes and, 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 and the environment to plant in those seasons is crazy. But you see, we, he planted because he had a promise. <laughs> I tell you what, it's crazy. What are you doing, Isaac? You're planting in that land. Not, not just a land, that land. 
That land of famine, that land where it didn't look promising, that land where it seemed impossible. I'm here to tell you with man, some things are impossible. But with God, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. God can do anything. Oh, hallelujah. And I love this. Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. And the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became great. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great stores of servants. And the Philistines envied him because he was blessed. But it started with the craziness of planting in a season that it didn't seem like it was the right thing to do. But you said, you see, famines are going to make you do crazy things one way or another. And I have determined that I'm going to reserve my craziness for the things of God. I'm going to worship like I've never worshiped before. I'm going to plant in seasons that it may seem impossible. Amen. That's why the scripture says the Sower soweth the seed. He doesn't predestine where that seed is. He just puts it everywhere. He said, I'm going to put it on the hard ground, the rough ground. I'm going to plant it everywhere because I don't, I'm not the one that makes it grow. I serve a God who brings a blessing. I tell you what. We got all kinds of reasons and seasons in life that we that are keeping. I've kind of felt checking my spirit. Amen. There's some that God's been trying to get you to plant seeds of blessing, and you've been waiting for a more convenient season. I tell you what, it's not about the season. When it comes to this, it's where you are in obedience to God. If God tells you to do it, I remember one time. We were at general conference, and uh, we, we were on our first deputation, and we, we had sold our house. We were living out of, it was kind of weird to be homeless for the first time in a long, long time. We are at general conference, and the preacher was preaching at general conference. It was a mission service. Brother Charles Robinette was preaching, and he was talking about giving, and we were feeling it in our heart, and we were ready to give. And, and then he gets to the end of his message. And then he said, this is kind of crazy. But he said, I feel like the Lord told me that whatever you had in your spirit to give, double it. <laughs> and in this mind, I was thinking, Lord, I am not in a season of great rainfall right now. I'm not in a season where this is not the time. I, I, I don't have any... Great things lined up. I haven't got any large offerings. I haven't got, and the Lord said, I want you. And I felt the Lord. And it's worse, too, when he says it and you feel it confirmed in your spirit. Because you can amen somebody, but if God doesn't do it, then you're like, okay, I'm good. But when God says, do it, I was like, God. I looked at my wife, and she looked at me, and she said, yeah, let's do it. So I said, okay, so we did it. And we gave the double what, the, let me just say the first one was a stretch. <laughs> the second one was insane. <laughs> and I said, Lord, okay, this is crazy. But Lord, 
I'd rather be crazy in the land of promise than sow my seeds of craziness in the land of Egypt. And so I, and so we, we, I, I said, I said, babe, let's just take it and pay it now. Let's just borrow, borrow it out of other, wherever we can get it and pay it now because I don't want to get down the road and start, oh God, you know how you are. You kind of can talk yourself out of it down the road, you know. And so we were on our way to another district. And so we had a long drive. I think we had about a 12 or a 15 hour drive the next day. And we're driving down the road after conference. And I get a call. I don't even know if he knows to this day. But I get a call from somebody. And they said, we, we were just coming from our accountant's office. And uh, they told us that I had messed up on my, the way my retirement was set up. And so I'm going to have to give all this money to the government. He said, but, he, but, the, but the accountant told me that if I gave it, you know, as a donation to a church or something, that it would equal that out. I could either give it to somebody or give it to the government. And, and he said, when I was thinking about it, the Lord spoke to me and said to give it to you. Let me just say, the first half of that trip, Brother Harvey, was real quiet as I was trying to think about how am I going to do this? How am I going to do this? Guess how much it was? It was exactly to the dollar of what we had pledged in that service just a few hours before. I tell you what, I'd rather plant the seeds in the land of famine, amen, than in the land of prosperous, amen, because God knows and God understands. And if we'll trust, I'm here to preach to somebody that you may be in the season of famine, but I'm here to tell you to plant like you've never planted before and, and worship like you've never worshiped before because God said the spirit is willing. Isaac had hundredfold blessing. Isaac had hundredfold blessing in the season of, my Lord, I got thinking about it. I'd almost sometimes think I'd rather plan in a season of famine and get a hundredfold than, than sow in a season of plenty and only get two. Oh, I feel it right now. Hey, man, you know what? Some of us are waiting for that season of blessing or that season of comfort. You may get return, but it's not going to be the same as a return that comes in a season of famine. But if you'll say, God, I'm going to trust you in this season. God said, I've got hundredfold blessing for you. I'm not just talking about money. Don't, 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 don't say, oh, I'm preaching prosperity doctrine or something to say if you give money. It's gonna... No, 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 no. I'm saying you plan a lot of things. You plan finances. You plan time. You plan effort. You plan. I believe that things, not just the finances of this church can be brought into a hundredfold blessing, but I think that the favor with man and favor with the community, I believe that properties can be given. I believe that properties can be opened. I feel the unction of the Holy Ghost right now that God can give such favor in a season of famine when it seems impossible that God can open open up doors where there seems to be no other way. Oh, hallelujah. 
Don't let the season discourage you from planting in God's kingdom. Oh, citizen, and I gotta, I gotta finish. Oh, this is what I love. Let me, let me, let me just show you something. Now, I, I, you're gonna have Brother Bernard here, and he, you'll get all the smart stuff from him in a couple weeks. It's simple faith you get from me. Very interesting, though. I was studying. Isn't it interesting? We, you hear it quoted all the time in the Bible. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You know, it's very interesting. Abram became Abraham. Jacob became Israel. Isaac was the only one who never had his name changed. And I read a, I read a Jewish historian that said in, in the Jewish culture, they believed that his name wasn't changed because he was the only one that never left. I'll tell you what, there's some of us that have to get name changes to bring us back into harmony with God. Amen, but when you stay in, there's a blessing, a generational blessing that rests upon you. Isaac's name became his testimony that I sowed in the seed of famine. I sowed seed in the season of famine and God blessed me and God kept me. Amen. I want is your name today going to be one that's synonymous with blessing, synonymous with the presence of God, synonymous with God's king. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, I got one more. I got to hurry. Let me get, let me get that. I want to get to this because this is exciting. In 2 Kings chapter 6, another famine come. It says, and it came to pass after this that Behenadad, the king of Syria, gathered all the hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. This is 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 24 and 25. And it says, and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for fourscore pieces of silver and the fourth part of the cab of a, of a dove's dung was five pieces of silver. That's nasty stuff right there. I got to tell you, famines make you do crazy things. Famines make you eat dead, oh man, donkey brains and, and, and dove's doo-doo. I tell you what, if that had been on the buffet, I would not have been eating it last night. <laughs> it was a lot better than that, let me tell you right now. Isn't that crazy? We look at that and we say, that's crazy. I tell you what, you get in famines, you're going to have a tendency of partaking in things that you never thought you'd ever partake of. Because famines make you do crazy things. It says, and as the king of Israel was passing upon the wall, there cried a woman unto him, saying, Help me, O Lord. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, whence shall I help thee? Out of the barn floor or out of the wine press? Listen, your lack of resources doesn't, doesn't mean that God is lacking resources as well. Amen. Just because you're going through a season of famine... Doesn't mean God doesn't have things to take care of that famine. 
<laughs> Isn't it amazing? Famines will make you do crazy things. I know, you know the story. It says that lady in verse 28 and 29, she ended up, well, I'll just read it because I don't like to tell it. It says, and the king said unto her, what aileth thee? She answered and said, this woman said unto me, give me thy son that they may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. Now we're, we're reading that going, that's crazy. They were willing to sacrifice their next generation in a season of famine. I tell you what, I'm not sacrificing the next generation in a season of famine. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving this promised land. I'm not leaving this truth. I'm not going to let, you know what? I've got a fifth generation. I got a boy, two boys and a girl that I'm saying, you know what? Their, their next generation is predicated on this old guy being willing to plant in seeds of famine. Amen. Brother, brother Harvey told you, brother Harvey told you we've been about 50 different churches in probably around 10 or 12 states already. And we go through times when things get hard and things get a little difficult. You get an 11, a 9, a 7 year old in a car for that amount of time you're going to go through some stuff and you go through times when you get blessed and stuff when you don't but guess what I refuse to let them hear dad get up in the front seat and begin to talk about how bad people are and how rough this might be and how this and that and the other I refuse to do it I want them to hear I'm blessed amen we may be going through a season but God's got this I need them to hear my faith I need to hear them trust in God because I refuse to lose a generation in a season of famine. I tell you what, church, there is a revival amongst our young people that's coming through this area, but it's going to start with a group of elders that say, we're blessed in this land. Don't go looking somewhere else. It's blessing in the place of famine. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we live in a world right now that's trying to devour a generation of apostolic believers. But I'm here to tell you, I'm planting in a season of famine. Hallelujah. Whoo. So what did the king do? As I hurry along, the king said, go find the man of God. Verse 31, the second king says, Then he said, God, so do more unto me. If the head of Elisha, the son of Seraphat, shall stand on this, him this day. He said, I'm going to cut the head of Elisha off. He said, because this shouldn't be happening. That we shouldn't have to go through this season. My goodness. You've got to understand something here. This is taking place following the miracle of the axe head floating. I got to think the axe head floating, that's going to make its way to the king. This is after God telling Elisha the thoughts of the king of Syria. And the servant received the revelation of the chariots and of fire and angels that had them surrounded. This is after all of that. Isn't it amazing? There's a, there, the, the next thing that happens when you begin to end, uh, exit the land of promise is you begin to try to kill the voice of hope. Whew. Let me just say this. Don't talk about your man of God. 
Don't talk bad about your leader in the home. Do you know what you're doing? You're devouring the next generation. It's time to plant seeds. I believe God's going to do it. I believe God's going to open a door. This is, listen, I got to finish, but let me just throw this in here. I love this. In 2 Kings chapter, after the king's like, we're going to cut the head of Elisha off. You, you, know, you, you know where we find Elisha? I love this. 2 Kings 6.32, it says, But Elisha sat in his house, and the elders sat with him. Everybody else was losing their mind. Everybody else was trying to figure it all out. And Elisha just said, he's going to sit around and have a little fellowship. Because God's got this. They're all trying to figure it out. But you know what? When we come to church, and I tell you what, you turn on the news and it's fear about this and fear about that and fear about everything and fear, 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 fear. Scared. You, I mean, if you turn on the news, you are almost suicidal sometimes when you get done the news. But we find the Elijah, Elisha, the man of God. Everything, you think it's bad right now where we're going through. There's a lot worse. They, had, they were eating donkey said, we ate a lot better yesterday. And he said, we're just sitting around with the elders. We're fellowshipping. We're talking about the things of God. We're encouraging one another the things of God. Why? Because it's a famine. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sow my seeds of crazy for the things of God. He said, I'm not going to let fear overwhelm me. I'm not going to let it, I'm not going to let it steal my salvation. I'm not going to let it scare me out of the church. I'm not going to let it scare me out of the promised land. I'm not going to let it scare me out of the great things of God. But I'm just going to trust in God. I'm here to tell somebody tonight. I'm here to tell you today, trust in God. Trust in God. Hallelujah. Amen. They came. Verse 33 says, And while he yet talked, behold, the messenger came down unto him and said, Behold, this evil of the Lord, what should I wait on the Lord any longer? I'm here to tell you, the king believed that God should do it in his time, but God operates on his own time clock. I'm here to tell you that the church was born in God's time, in a season of lack, and they are waiting for the power of God to be displayed. I'm here to tell you it's not about your time clock. It's about God's time clock. Amen. I've just got to be ready when God says it. I'm not going to leave the land of promise, but I'm going to trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. As we stand together, the music can come back. Hallelujah. Because you see, there's always a word from God. It's what I love about this pulpit right here. Because it doesn't matter if you're in a season of famine. There's always a word. Never, never. You need to pray for your ministry team. Because you need that word in your season of famine. Because in that season, in, in 2 Kings chapter 7, the very next chapter... Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord. 
Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow or this time shall be a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. I'm here to tell you something about having a word from God. That fresh manna. And if it seems impossible, listen, if God's speaking something into your life and it seems impossible, I'm here to tell you, relax, because it's from God. Because if it was something that you could just do on your own, it could be your flesh. But if God speak, I feel like God's, I feel like God's loosened faith into this sanctuary right now. That there's some people that have been on the precipice of the land of promise. And God's saying, don't go. Sow your seed in the land of promise. There's going to be those that are going to tell you you're crazy. That's okay. Because famines make you do crazy things. Oh, what are you giving in the offering for? I don't know. Famines just make you do crazy things. Why are you dancing and shouting? Don't you know you're going through bankruptcy? Famines make you do crazy things. Just lost my job. Just had the car break down. What are you doing? Famines make you do crazy things. Let me just tell you this. And I'm kind of going back to my message this morning. But in that revival in Malta, when Paul shipwrecked on Malta and he got bit by a viper. And remember that story? They said, oh, that guy, he's so bad. Karma got him. He was so bad that the shipwreck didn't get him, but the viper did. Oh, he's bad, he's bad, he's bad. Paul just said, oh, shake it in the fire. He didn't walk around running. Ah! I got a viper. He just shook it off. He said, because famines make you do crazy things. See, he should have swelled up, bloated up, and died. And those same guys that said, this guy's the most evil man in the world. Man, karma's getting him. Man, what goes around comes around. God's making sure he's... Then all of a sudden he didn't react the way that they thought he should. And then all of a sudden their mentality of him changed. And they started saying, oh, he's a God. He's a God. Isn't that amazing? He went from the most evil of the evil to a God in just a couple hours time because he didn't respond the way that they thought he should respond. I'm here to tell you that the great wave of revival that's already coming through here is going to continue to flow. When people continue to not respond the way the world thinks they should respond and instead responds in a magnitude that allows God to get the glory.
because famines make you do crazy things. <laughs> In that same story, and I, I got to end here. I'm sorry. I, got, I said that like 5,000 times, but I got to end right now. I kind of feel like Jeff Arnold. Just give me five more minutes. I don't have time to preach it like I, I, I'd like to, but you go down a little bit in scripture and there's four lepers that are outside the city, in that same city. And they said, why sit here we until we die? I can, I can, I can start to partake of everybody else who's devouring themselves or we can just get a little bold and say we're going to take a step of faith right now we can stay where we're comfortable or we can take and those four lepers in their weak state we would say what are you crazy you're sick you're dying just lay there and die but they said no because famines make you do crazy things And it says when they began to go, it says for the Lord that they got there and there was a great blessing and the whole army was gone because it says in verse 6, for the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, lo, the king of Israel hath hired against the kings of the Hittites, the kings of the Egyptians to come upon. Wherefore they also arose and fled at twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses and came even the camp as it was for they fled for their life you know what happened four lepers positioned themselves in the land of promise and received a great miracle because they just said you know what famines make you do crazy things so you may have come here today and you've got problems and someone said why would you go to church what can they do for you well you know what I, we probably can't do anything but he can. Say, why would you ever want to talk in tongues? That's crazy. Well, you see, famines make you do crazy things. Why would you get baptized in Jesus' name? What the, you're just going down in a tub. You're just getting a glorified bath. Oh, no, you're not. You're going down the name of Jesus. Well, that's crazy. That's all right. Famines make you do crazy things. I'm here to tell you, you may be in a season of famine. But I'm here to tell you, it's time to step out of my feet. Say, God, I'm going to stay in the land of promise. I'm going to step into the things of God. And so I'm going to pray for you right now. And I'm going to ask God to release faith right now into this sanctuary. And I believe that God is about to lead someone into a season. You may be in the greatest famine of your life. But God's got a hundredfold kind of blessing for you today. Lord Jesus. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your spirit that I feel in this place right now. Lord, I speak prophetically. Lord, let the favor of man and the favor of God rest upon the church and these members. Lord, as they respond to you, Lord God, in a magnitude uh, that they have never done before. And maybe, Lord, let them step by faith into a season. Lord, you know the times of famine, the times of struggle, the times that we are living in right now. But God, we're responding with crazy faith today. Lord, we are trusting in you. We are planting and believing and 
trusting in you. Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be accomplished. I pray let it be done in the name of Jesus. We pray right now. Lord, for those that need the Holy Ghost. Lord God, I loose the Spirit of God to flow into this sanctuary right now. Those that need healing, we loose healing virtue into this place right now. Lord, those that need revelation, Lord, I loose the spirit of revelation of the mighty God in Christ into this place right now. Lord, let your will be done. Let your purpose be accomplished. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. I challenge you tonight. Say, oh, it's a little crazy to go to the front. You know what? Famines make you do crazy things. I want you to step like you've never stepped before. I want you to worship this morning like you've never worshiped before. I want you I want you to stretch your faith right now because God is about to move in your life like he's never moved before. And as you respond, God will respond to you. I'm here to tell you, let's stay in the land of promise. Let's stay in the borders of God and let God do what God Yes, 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 that's it, that's it, that's it. Respond to the word tonight. As you respond, God's gonna bless. God's gonna lift. It's not pastor doing it. It's not me doing it. God's about to bring a blessing. God's about to move on your life like he's never moved before. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Let your voice out right now. Let your voice out right now. That's it. Let your voice out. Let your voice out. I said, pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah.